in the future, there still is space! And we're seeing the Federation and much, much more. It's your boy Flopito, Commander Flopito of the USS Post Show. This is Commander's Log, the unofficial post show for Star Trek Discovery, presented by Geek Renaissance. Learn more about Geek Renaissance over at Geek Renaissance on Instagram. But as always, I am not alone. First, my captain, oh my captain, he knows a thing or two about Star Burps. Give it up for John Weber. Number one, you are number one. Thank you so much for making because me I am your really cheap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm, I'm really embracing the idea. You wanted me the, to be the captain. I, I was so embarrassed by that, but I'm, I'm really embracing it now. You because... said the ship will be doomed. That's what you said. Literally, the ship will be doomed well, if you were. Captain. I'm like, I'm like the Jellico. Do you remember okay. Jellico? I'm like the terrible captain that everybody has oh, to kind of work around. That's the kind oh, of captain yeah. I like to be. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, man. That makes me look so Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> but, but we are not alone. We have a man here who is an author Star Trek fan and, quote, a guy who isn't clinically nor emotionally dead. Give it up for Joe Townsell, man. <laughs> What's wrong board this week? More complimentary words are ever spoken, Flobo. Thank you. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the shuttle craft, right? Yes, please. If I write in the right way, there's a shuttlecraft behind me. I'm prepared. <laughs> you know, this This feels like this feels like original Star Trek Columbia when oh. they crashed on that planet and the giant cavemen were throwing rocks and spears. That's right. <laughs> I think I might hear them now. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone who's watching right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, and on Twitter. And if you're on Twitch, man, hit a subscribe, hit a follow. Gotta get those numbers up because I, I, I live for algorithms. Okay, so today's episode of Star Trek Discovery was called Die Trying. Joe Towns, you are our guest. Just overall thoughts of the show. What did you feel? Things you liked, things you didn't like? What was your overall impression of, today's, of this week's episode? Well, I tell you, I'm a huge Star Trek fan from way back my whole life as we discussed and I, I i find very little if anything to dislike about this episode i really like the direction this season is taking as far as its story arc i think it was the right move to put them in the far future because i was one of those that had a little bit of a little bit of trouble even given a visual reboot as far as this was taking place before kirk and spock oh, okay mm -hmm. but now it's like totally expected what we're seeing as far as this particular episode wow what a what a huge leap forward in terms of the um, continuity, the storyline, uh, the Federation and Starfleet both being diminished to where they are, but still strong in their own way. And of course, uh, the crew of Discovery adding to that strength, even though it was a little bit of a hard sell for, for the Admiral this time. <laughs> so I, I, I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to what's coming next because, wow, talk about a story arc, rebuilding the Federation and Starfleet. You can't get more, you know, more ambitious than that. With really high stakes. Exactly. That's that's some super high stakes. Now, uh, Joe, you're an author. Is this is is this um, a great writerly approach? Do you think? Does this, as an author, really kind of tickle your fancy? Yes, I, it actually does, and I'll tell you why. Because it's unfolding. It's not slow. There's things happening. Pace is quick, action packed, but there is a story unfolding over the course of the entire season, which we've come to love from the Discovery series in particular. Harkening yeah. back to things like Deep Space Nine, it also had a little bit of serialization happening there. So, yes, yeah. from an author's point of view, I mean, the way that the, the events are unfolding, the character development and character is huge in Star Trek is what distinguishes us from 
Star Wars fans, which I also am. But yeah, um, yeah, I, from, from a writer's point of view, author's point of view, I, I, I really dig the, um, you know, how it's how the story's unfolding and how it's you know, playing out. Absolutely. Well, that's great to hear, man. And, and John, yeah. I know last week we were saying, well, last week that it was great too, but it was very more contained. It was like a mm -hmm. bottle episode with the deer story, right. even though the deer kind of disappears in this week. Uh, thoughts about ah. the episode? <laughs> <laughs> that brings that brings up an interesting <laughs> point <Yeah>. too. <laughs> but I, you know, that kind of takes me back to uh, what I always loved about uh, the Next Generation, which was mm -hmm. once you got settled into this is your main crew your bridge crew, these are the people we're going to follow. Then there'd be like the, you know, there'd be the Wharf episode, the Data right. episode, mm -hmm. the Geordie episode. And I liked that. I liked kind of, you know, this lazy Susan, that's not a good word, but <laughs> this rotation. <laughs> but I know what you meant. <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of, you know, kind of get to know your family here. Mm -hmm. And Everything about Discovery is so not how they used to do it. I kind of mm -hmm. love that too. Yeah. Well, I love so, it too for, you know, for this for this approach for sure. I mean, I do. Uh, uh, Alex Kurtzman is getting a lot of a lot of uh, criticism and flack. I think it's uh, unwarranted, quite frankly. He's trying to do something different. Yeah. And I tell you, every Star Trek series that's going into production is something different from each other. We're going to get our episodic character of the week, of the week approach in Strange New Worlds. That's what we've been promised. I'm looking forward to that tremendously. Yeah, love the character from season two of Discovery with uh, Pike and Spock and number one there. Oh, yeah. So you know, Discovery is all about an ongoing story. Uh, it's an ensemble. I mean, clearly Michael Burnham is the front runner. You know, that right. was always true from the beginning. But um, and I think I think for me at the very beginning, it was a little hard to get in there because you know when you don't know the names of all the bridge crew that's different <laughs> you know now we're learning now we're knowing more about them and as soon as you know more about them they get written out <laughs> it's, it's true so like we're looking at the kurtzman universe and we're talking about discovery picard uh even shows like lower decks uh prodigy mm -hmm. uh strange new worlds that's section 31 uh it's right. it's a lot and and thankfully for i guess for me i guess from my perspective seeing from coming from a new fan seeing all this stuff means wow these yeah. people must care about this property they're doing so much more with it also heard mm -hmm. of the flip side of it's all a cash grab so if you've ever listened to these shows i go on about two things and that's green lantern mm -hmm. when it comes to the space stuff and archie <laughs> comics because yeah. I, I'm an Archie fan. Jughead is my homeboy. Because growing oh. up, he liked cheeseburgers as much as I like cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they came out with Riverdale as a show, I had a crisis of faith. It was, wow, this was not the Archie comic I grew up with. How dare they do this? And honestly, I walked away from it. But I do realize that for a lot of people, Archie wouldn't be on their minds without Riverdale. So it's important. Right. So that's why I live on that limb. You know what I'm saying? Right, create new fans. Nothing wrong with that. I was all about that with the Star Wars, speaking of which. And I, I know some Star Trek fans go crazy when you mention Star Wars. Hey, it's a big universe. We can love it all. Well, true. <laughs> you don't confuse the two. That's, that's, that's the pet peeve. You probably like that's true. Marvel. <laughs> You're a pet right. <laughs> uh, one of the cool things I, I liked about this episode is that we see the Federation and Starfleet before the opening break. Like it, like they don't take the time, they don't draw it out. There's no asteroid storm. There's no like random mm -hmm. side quest. They get right to it, and we're, we're to go, they with, 
they, they went they that's totally been on brand for them because i felt like the first season yeah. of discovery was like three seasons into one and it's mm-hmm. kind of spoiled me to go back to like a show like next generation where it's like oh <laughs> uh but off the bat we meet admiral vance who is a complex man but mm-hmm. he's really rough. I, I thought he was kind of strong. I enjoyed him. Before we get to the nitty gritty of Joe Townsville, as someone in that space, right? Fantasy, right? Sci-fi. Mm-hmm. How does this work with characterizations concerned? How do you introduce someone that has that much history and has that much character depth, but to these new mm-hmm. characters and to the audience is like a blank slate? Well, I tell you, I mean, there's nothing more um, engrossing and satisfying as the. You can like both, James. Order. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You can like both. You can like both universes. Sorry, you were saying you, <laughs> you have to choose. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I was saying you know, the, the uh, tried and true uh, fish out of water concept is always intriguing and engrossing for me. And that's exactly what we got here. What were they, you know, you saw the, um, they're all in, in wonderment when they entered the. Uh, uh, the area where all the ships were maintaining the distorted space zone. Yeah. And that was a very positive, very, very fun thing. And um, if I may, if I may be so bold as to point out um, one Easter, I know, I know that uh, John has picked out several, but seeing the, seeing Voyager was quite a treat. And I yeah. actually had to rewind a bit just to make yeah. the yeah. really registry. Oh yeah, it was NCC 74656. That's yeah. That's Voyager. I love of all ships. Of all, all ships, ships. Voyager. <laughs> yeah, well, my, I, it should have ended I, up. I hate on Voyager so. <laughs> your, your favorite, your favorite Star Trek of all time. That's what I'm, I'm just so eager to see. This is John's favorite. Netflix this, even said it. Star. John's right. favorite. This is what <laughs> modern Trek is all about. Modern Trek is going to find a way to find something that was unpopular and go. Nope, you love it. You That's love right. it. So uh, this is totally off topic, but I watched Lower Decks, which I'm a huge fan of, and there was a scene in a late season, not trying to spoil anything, but like one of the characters has like a bunch of junk in her closet, and it opens mm-hmm. up, and out of the junk was like the old school Spock helmet with like the siren on top. Uh, Spock. Uh, so it's now uh, canon. It's like so random. <laughs> it's so it's random. <laughs> the Spock God, helmet is. is now canon. <laughs> Just letting you guys well, know. Things that are non-canon. I mean, I, I'm very gratified that TOS is finally canon. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's all canon now. Yeah, and Pike, you know? yep. <laughs> Oh shoot! <laughs> I never I even considered that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Um, yeah, from the wonder of the space vessel, you know, the starships, and going into, um, you know, the the government area, and it suddenly takes a little bit of a turn. Okay, things aren't so hunky dory. They're not so wonderful, and and you know, probably um, I mean, there there are challenges ahead. So I think that was just set up wonderfully in the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah, it's so funny because it reminded me of all my painful experiences of starting a new job, and yeah. everybody being like, oh, "So, what's your first impression?" And you're like, "Well, it seems like this, this, and this," and they're like, "No, it isn't. You don't know any." <laughs> Look at and, the new guy getting things wrong. <laughs> and so you got the the badass from Mummy, the the Mummy mm-hmm. film. You, you got Oded Fair as Admiral Vance. And yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to throw one more crazy stupid thing for my own life. So I I was in the uh, was in the Star Trek shit posters group because I thought the memes were pretty funny, but uh, the people the people posting are such shit posters that I, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I went to join yeah. the real Star Trek Facebook fan group. 
Ah, oh, good yeah. for you. Drop our <laughs> links in there. And and I got to tell you, uh, join because it looks really fun, and I'd love to have friends in there. But uh, the happy. weird, are, are you in there? Yeah. Did you? Well, film I, I will be. I will oh, be. Excellent, Joe. <laughs> excellent. So, Joe, I got to warn you. There's like a page long form of questions you need to answer just to make sure you're actually a fan and everything that you like about track you're in, you understand the rules and all those things. Sure. One of the, so uh, one of the questions they asked was what division would you be in? If what you division? were in Starfleet, what division? Well, command, of course, look, I'm wearing <laughs> right now. Right right <laughs> well, I wouldn't be an engineer guys. No. All right. Fine. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I'm terrible at engineering. I was like, uh, what division has the ship's counselors? Because I think I could do that job. Yep. And I think that's a command job, actually. If uh, was, oh, be, like, right. sciences, because she wears the blue. Is that science? Oh, okay. That's science. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so is Burnham, technically. I think she's like a, a, a science. She's a science commander. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's a science officer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, then I went over to um, BuzzFeed. And I took one of those, uh, what rank would you be in Star and Trek? Broke it properly. They're like, oh, damn, he's hot. He could be anything. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is how bad the BuzzFeed quiz is. Uh, I would be a uh, an admiral. See? I told you. You broke it. <laughs> I get, shut up, Wesley. The guy gets to be the admiral. That's cool. <laughs> which, which comes right back around to Admiral Vance, where I go, oh, because I'm a jerk. Uh, Man, I'm I, mean, gonna, I was going to suggest that you would be much less grim than Admiral Vance. <laughs> He's really grim. He sees some stuff. Admiral Vance sees <laughs> some stuff. I like the fact, though, that he had his own reasons, logical reasons, why he wasn't eager to help. Uh, the onboard crew of the Discovery, like just enough to be like, oh, he's right. But can you tell that Michael <laughs> Burns needs to see him? Look at her eyes, bro. Uh, and hey, there's no nonsense from you. I mean, he, he um, um, you know, got your heart at the end when he said, "Welcome home." He's not the stereotypical mentally ill ambassador or admiral <laughs> that another Star Trek ever. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. You notice that the the admirals always go bad. Kirk mm. was an admiral for like in Star Trek terms a minute, and then yeah. they they downgraded him back down to captain, and then all of us took a big breath because admirals just <laughs> do not stay. They go bad like an avocado. That's right. <laughs> the most fattiest. Okay, so. <laughs> And of course, he was accompanied by Lieutenant Willa, who was even more icy with her response probably uh, later on. So jumping ahead a bit, I did like the scene when they were uh, the discovery was on that mission. We'll get to in a minute where they basically Burnham basically like did commands rings around Willa. She was like, "You're doing a good team," and, and Burnham's like, "I don't care what you think." <laughs> it was totally the best comeuppance for that cold reception. They got there. Um, I have a question though, because I need to, I need your opinion about this. Mm -hmm. So the Discovery, we're, the, the Discovery trying to find Starfleet, trying to see what's happening. They're stretching out this mystery of the birth, right? They're getting closer. You know, Vance at the end, he's like, you know, I have theories, but I don't really know what that is. Just personally, how long do you think you can go until the burn becomes a maddening storyline? Because I felt, personally, the Red Angel was great, but it was one mm. episode a little bit too late than I would have liked the answer to. Is that kind of like a, mm. a, a fantasy booking question, I guess? How no, many I think it's a great question. Yeah. 
That's well, crazy. I mean, think of it this way, Flobo. I mean, we, you know, if, if this was last season, 14 episodes, this one's 13, that would have been your one less episode, I guess, if they'd gone that length. <laughs> so maybe, maybe a back as far as, as, far as the, the length, but to answer your question about the burn, yeah, we need, we need answers, you know, pretty quick. I mean, because just knowing what it is specifically, one or two, three episodes down the line at the most, doesn't mean the story's over for this year. Yeah, you got to you got to go from there. So I think I, I'm predicting we'll see a, a resolution in terms of the scientific explanation of that pretty quick. I don't think they're going to drag that out very much. I hope so. I I hope you're right, Joe. And and I I definitely agree with you, Flobo. This has turned into a MacGuffin that's really uh, kind of heavy and kind of slowing us down. Kind of hard to take a lot of steps here when we don't know what we're fighting. Yeah. Or what the you know right. what the heart of this you know like um what we need in a lot of science fiction is uh who's the bad guy who's who's bad wolf you know who are we going to finally find behind the curtain and uh yeah it would be really nice to know if there was someone to blame for the burn yeah who could it be uh yeah i don't think it's gonna be a natural phenomenon i think that definitely was you know in a major attack and i I have to say, I mean, just if I may, just harking back to last week, as far as beginning of a uh, concept we're seeing, Star Trek has always been known, of course, for putting in science fiction terms, current events. And mm. I think this is definitely no exception. I mean, what if what if the United States was suddenly um, reduced down to the size of New Jersey? Oh, but it wasn't no, in New no. Jersey. No, somewhere no, else in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there are definitely xenophobic themes, I think, you know, happening yeah. here. And I think we saw a little bit of that in this week's episode and a little bit of a thong of that. So... Um, definitely a, a great challenge to overcome in this season. It's not xenophobia to New Jersey. That place deserves it. Uh, <laughs> real quick, where do you think Adira went? I, I was hoping there would be a resolution to that. Do you think she's still being scanned? Do you think something else happened to her? Just curious. Uh, are, are my my loving my lovely redheaded angel Detmer? Is that no? Adira Tall. Uh, she was on the show. Oh, Adira Tall. Yeah. Ah, her. <laughs> she's not redheaded at all. <laughs> I'll tell you what, she is not she is not Wesley Crusher. All I need, and I love Will Wheaton. I think Will Wheaton has made a tremendous career for himself. God bless him. Uh, but Wesley Crusher really worked my nerves for many, many years there. And uh yeah, I'm 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 okay with the deer. I you know, it's a part of this too is I always have to wonder, is it due to my age and now I feel like a fatherly love to like so many people on TV, like, oh, be nice to Tilly. I love her. And, and I do feel that way. She don't, well don't ever say anything bad about Tilly around me. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I have to tell you, I call this show Star Trek Redheads because between <laughs> Stemmets, Tilly, and Detmer, I just have all these like redheaded kids I'm like very protective of. Be nice to my gingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if T. Louise walks in there, then that's it. You know, we definitely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm really getting messed up with that one, aren't I? <laughs> let's let's put a mystery at hand, right? We have, uh, and I'm gonna write this down. The Keeley are somehow suffering from this condition where it looks like they're gonna perish due to ingesting some radiated uh, materials or like, I guess, uh, genetically changed materials. And so yeah. the, the, the cool thing that Brynham knows out of her pocket is that the U.S. Tikoff has the seed spores. They're gonna go out there. Now, before we get to the U.S.S. Tikoff, which again, it's a cool idea. Yeah. I do think Vance 
was kind of put over Bauer here, right? Because, you know, Saru and Michael were having their little bit of a conflict there about how hard to push, how hard to push back. But it was really that one stop from Michael being like, look, fool, you got to go on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> and Vance like, all right, fine, whatever. Lee, change the tide. Joe, <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Well, I have to say, you know, as far as a commanding officer in the, in the form of uh, Captain Saru, he speaks up when he needs to. He doesn't when he needs to. I think letting Michael speak within within limits to the Admiral the way she did, getting the, getting the um, I think he kind of maneuvered the Admiral almost saying, hey, I'll stay with you, you and so? let, my, let my number one take it, you know, Ooh, take discovery to get to the seat. So a little bit like, uh, if you think way back when, a little bit like Kirk kind of sitting back, letting Spock, you know, question Khan for a while and then in Space Seed. Oh. I, thought, I definitely saw a correlation there. Spicy. Yeah. Thing. That's yeah, interesting. Like, like, like the of the, uh, you know, verbal abuse from the Admiral, but I'll just sit back and kind of, you know, monitor things. So I think it worked out really well. So, uh, yeah, and that's actually, yeah, that's very classic uh, uh, next generation as well, because you could always yeah. count on Will Riker to be the swaggering guy. And uh, Jean-Luc Picard could sit back and let Riker do the, you know, the dickishness, the being the tough guy. Yeah, I, I always liked that. And and you're right, that did happen here. So I think I think it was intentional actually. It just seemed like it was such a on the mark uh, approach to getting getting what they wanted as far as going after the other ship to get the you know the the plants I needed and so forth. Yeah. I just love that line. Oh, go ahead, Flip. No, it's a spicy thing, but I'm inclined to agree. I said uh when Burnham talks to the Admiral about you and, and about going, Saru says mm has that look in his face that says, this is wrong, but I'm going to point the Burnham Bazooka at you, bro. Ah. I don't know why I wrote down bro, but it's true. It's, it's, it's there. That's so Sorry, you were saying, John? <laughs> oh, I just love that line where she's like, if we could get our hands on this and then show them. And he's like, get our hands on? <laughs> yeah, you know, steal, pilfer, <laughs> rob. There, you know? there are moments where uh now i'm i don't know if i've ever brought this up on this show before flobo so it's yeah. about to get weird sorry joe but i used to watch <laughs> i used to watch project runway a lot with my wife and i loved tim gunn i thought tim gunn was just a great leader and a good father figure and there are times, and I don't know anything about Doug Jones. I met him once, and he was just the nicest guy in the world. But um, I, I don't, I, I'm not making any connections here. But there are times when Saru sounds to me like Tim Gunn. Like, really? That's what you would do? Yeah. It, it's very, it's very <laughs> proper because, like, you, it's a cool dynamics here for what I'm seeing of, of what small Star Trek I've seen compared to you guys of like having the captain be like, I believe that order. That, that you're out of line. And number one being like, oh, me and we should do this. You have someone who's as logical and based as Michael, but then you have someone who's like reserved being like, I disagree. I don't think that works. I think that's a cool dynamic you don't quite see as often. Um, yeah. It can get old, but right now I'm loving it because they found a way to show Saru being able to put his hoof down. Uh, but without him being a different character altogether, you know what I'm saying? I yes. Like yeah. And and he's well, very there's such a thing in Starfleet. You can also they're co-captains, you know, in a way. One has to outrank the other, but it's almost like they're two halves of the same whole at this point, which I find you know very interesting. 
which makes me wonder if you are absolutely right, both of you, about uh, sort of weaponizing Burnham uh, with her sort of, you know, hot-headed ideas. And he can be that much cooler if she's that much hotter. That yin-yang balance. And a very smart, like, uh, dispassionate person would do that as a leader. I'm going to have my idea people be very fiery, but I'm the cool one. And I'll cool everything down with the final decision. Oh, a cool one. Almost, almost good cop, bad cop in a way. A yes. Wait, which cop are you, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> which, which cop would you be? Which cop would you be? <laughs> oh, I'd be the are bad you, cop. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, no, no one wants to be the good cop. Right? That's, kind of, that's kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, before we move on to our next topic, I just want to say that this show, Commander's Log, is brought to you apart by Geek Renaissance. Geek Renaissance, make sure you get all ready and willing and go for the holiday season. Check out Geek Renaissance on Instagram. They got earrings, they have keychains, all fun stuff, all celeb- celebrating nerd and geek culture at Geek Renaissance. Tell them Bobito sent you. You might get a discount. You may not. Just say they sent you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's worth a try. Get a 0% discount. Here. We're not giving you a code. We're giving you a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. It's like going down to the watermill. Fluffo set me here. Uh, so our mission gets on to the, the USS Teakoff to find uh, a organic or clear or a pure uh, seed of this plant, our MacGuffin for the week. And my girl, Commander Nut, gets to go down. Uh, because one of the reasons being is that you know the last caretakers were a Barzon family, and uh, you got to see that moment. It's it's like the discovery equivalent of the red shirt, right? Where someone goes, yeah. "Hey, I have emotional connections to this planet or space. Let me go with you." <laughs> oh no! Uh, <laughs> no, don't do it. Uh, skipping ahead, Nan had her. She decided to stay. But before we get to that point, this thoughts about having this takeoff ship. With this 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 caretaker dynamic, I'm sorry with you, John. This caretaker dynamic, the C dynamic, just the idea of this for this episode. Well, you know that this already exists here on Earth. Like we do have uh, somewhere in uh, one of the Scandinavian countries. I should have look, looked this up, but we do, you do actually here here on Earth. We do have a vault for seeds, and they have not been. Uh, they've not crossed over with anything that's genetically modified. These seeds are in their pristine original version, and they are being stored in case anything goes so bad with our environment that we lose the original recipe, basically, for, you know, corn and ferns. And... So you're saying it's okay to use uh, fossil fuels? Yeah, thanks, John. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Tesla. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Commander's Log brought to you by... <laughs> the badly uh, uh, badly veiled reference to Exxon that Marvel's been using forever. Roxxon right, right. for the future. Yeah, no, that really exists. So the fact wow. that they would have that in the future, I, I mean, honestly, that's really cool that like 930 years ago, this ship existed and it still exists. That's yeah. really cool. Hey, because plot, right? But <laughs> Well, that's the whole point. I mean, the whole point to having that ship at all is that you want it to exist as long as it can to right. keep, again, these uh, unspoiled seeds of these original plants 
because uh, the plant in question has mutated over um, the centuries due to radiation. So they need the original recipe and they're going after it. It's on the, how do you say it again? I keep wanting to say Tuvok. Uh, the, 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 it's, the it's is the Tikov. The Tikov. T-I-K-O-V. Tikov. Like Again, a teacup not- in Disneyland, or those teacups. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. and that was it. Uh, but it, it was kind of cool that the, the last caretakers, the final caretakers, or the current caretakers were a Barzan family. Uh, my girl, Commander Nan, gets to go. And much like my girl, Tasha Yar, uh, she better demise. Not by death, but by hanging behind. Uh, because I think our moral dilemma, like to your point, Joe, about current events and happening, is about the right to die. Right, and so we have yeah. the guy that was there that wanted to be with his family because that's the way Barzans get down. And then you had Michael Burnham being like, "No, I can't live with this information being lost." And it seems like a very easy situation on the surface. Oh, let them die, whatever. But then Michael Burnham does bring some gravitas to the alternative of making sure no one was left behind. Was the right decision made in your opinion, there, Joe? Um, I'm sorry. Was the right decision yeah. of, of allowing the, the doctor to stay behind and having Nan go with stay with him, or what if you pulled an order? Absolutely, because you have you have to measure where you're going to be in your in your destiny in your future by where you're going to be the most useful and fulfilled, and that was clearly um, in the episode where she needed to be. She could have you know, been a, a valuable resource and um, crew member to continue on discovery, but no, that's where she needed to be. She needed to help. Help the widower and who lost his family through that crisis and to keep that going so yes sometimes sometimes the best decisions are not command decisions and you know as it were uh they're they're moral and um you know like i say fulfillment of decisions so yes michael was very very wise and and um proper in saying yes i hate to see it he's lost a lot of value crew members over the past three seasons you know through one way or another but no that was that was the right move for sure yeah, and we are at a point where every crew member on Discovery really counts because there were yeah. so few. I suppose now right. that they're at Starfleet, they can bring a lot of people with them. But for for a while there, we had like eighty eight. Flobo was that yeah, the last number we were at? Mm-hmm. And that's well, uh, I mean, you know. important thing. You know, for now, let's just keep it as is. Meaning, I'm not anticipating a lot of crew transfers either. So I think yeah. they're going to be kind of a, a skeleton crew for for a while longer, as it were. That would so. work for me. I, I'm yeah, okay man. with that. No, I totally soon agree. As guy, soon as I pick a favorite character, something always happens. She's off screen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> You're doing no, That's true. Has, has we, have we seen the last of, of, of uh, Nan? Will she return in a great glory scene of return? Uh, a day says Machina moment? Or do you think she's pretty much written off for good? <sighs> I, I could see her coming back. I mean, I just hope it's not in a gratuitous and cameo way. I'd like to see you know, a significant <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know, Corbin. You would have a record anyway. Even if it was just like a loving, loving gazer of photo, you know, from Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, he gets it. Joke. He, Joke. Does. Joke. he does. He does. Because if Flobo could have that hologram of Tasha Yar, yes. oh yeah, that Data mm. has. If he could Same have man. that, he would visit so that man. every night. Well, I, 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 I've talked to people over the years. Said if, if there were such things as a holodeck, why would I ever come out? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Joe, send more lotion. What? <laughs> <laughs> Replicator. <laughs> Replicator, box of Kleenex, soft. Uh, we're going to lose our family.
at me you're crazy. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, John, what about you, man? No, you no, no. Think? Sorry. Just, hey, possible for a return. Um, want it to be worthwhile just for storytelling yeah. purposes. Or like I said, just a just a flash image for Flobo's, you know, satisfaction will be fine too. Fan service me on. We call it Flobo service. There you go. <laughs> right, yeah. I think I do Kleenexes now. Uh what do you think, John? Is she coming back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah. Um, you know, this is a, a very coordinated show. They really don't like to leave the threads hanging. Uh, mm. I, you know, off the top of my head, the joke teller in me says, uh, episode, uh, you know, season five, uh, the episode right before the finale. Oh, like, yeah. You know, That's, there will yeah. be a coming together. There will be a return of some people. Obviously, we can't have a lot of people who now exist in the past and are dead. But True. yeah, of of what we're meeting now, there will be a convergence mm. at some point. We will. Don was such a great character. I loved her. Absolutely yeah. loved her. And the fact that you could have her as engineering or as security—that's classic. You know, Worf was both engineering and security. That's classic. So I really loved her. And the emotional range in the character this episode was so sweet. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I knew she yeah. I knew she had a lot of feelings, but she was tough and she kept them inside. Well, remember then, remember one line of dialogue when they were on the, the ship there? It says, real air, real eyes. Yeah. You know, you got to see how she you know, really emoted through, through her eyes, you know, and, yeah. and at that point. And you know what, uh, John, to your point, I mean, the whole point of the season is bringing the Federation back together. What you know? How else do you do that besides bringing people back together? Right, right. So and that's a great. Point. Yeah, that, that, thank you. That could be a very important plot plot device again. Episode 11, 12, You know, so hang in the club. We're we'll coming back. That's our prediction. I'm gonna write that in my diary. Uh, <laughs> in your diary. I'm can I can I bust out my Easter eggs now? Whatever you want, baby. <laughs> All right, I, I don't mean to slow down talking about the plot, but I, I got to get that? these in before I forget them. First off, there's the distortion field, right? So they, mm -hmm. they approach, you know, Starfleet, and it's a distortion field, and then they fly through it now. All oh, this wonder. Gee, what does that remind me of? Wakanda forever! <laughs> this is my oh, ongoing dude. argument that 930 argument. years in the future... The universe finally catches up with Wakanda. <laughs> That'd be about right. <laughs> They've got so those vibranium caused the burn. Okay, good to know. Yeah, well, hey, hey, <laughs> you laugh, but I think you got something there, Flobo. I laugh because it's stupid. That's why I'm. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy to me. That like they fly. And now I guess it's been done a million times. You go through a hologram wall, and there's this beautiful stuff. I mean, lots of people have done it, but still, this show steals so much from Wakanda. It makes me crazy. <laughs> okay one of my other favorite things to point out the canadian easter eggs and i'm kind of jumping oh. ahead here flobo so so you've got uh you've got michelle yo okay and she's she's being uh so um i always forget her name and, and she she thought she should be an admiral um uh giorgio okay. so, so giorgio is being uh interrogated by holograms and there's a guy behind her who wears glasses and she keeps paying attention to him and the holograms are like don't pay attention to him 
And then finally she freaks out the holograms, which was brilliant. She's got a way of like blinking really fast that makes the holograms <laughs> unable to like maintain, which uh, takes me back to the Star Trek. Uh, everything he says is a lie. I'm lying. <laughs> if you're lying and everything you say is a lie, shh. Yeah. So you got that breakdown of technology with, you know, the, the weirdo human. And then she's talking one-on-one -on -one with this interrogator. Do you know who played the interrogator? Oh, he sure looked familiar. Yeah, no, he did. I do not. I had to look it up. David <laughs> Cronenberg. David Cronenberg? That was him? Whoa. Why does that familiar? Was he <laughs> from? David Cronenberg from Scanners. Yeah. yeah. Rabies and, uh, you know, Dead Ringers. David Cronenberg. So uh, this show is so good at getting us great Canadians. I love it so much. It's so cheap. Uh, I already thought they were going to bang, but let's talk about this. So George O's getting, getting interrogated, and it turns out her whole world is turned upside down because yeah. the Empire fell as a good old friend, Dana Cronenberg, got to her heart and was like, you care for someone. Now, we all thought it was Michael. It has to be Michael. Or it has not. to be Michael. Joe, question. What yeah. is this about? What is on Giorgio's mind? Why was she staring in the space at the end of the show? Is it Michael? Is it somebody else? She really missed pizza, tearing people. What's going on? <laughs> well, uh, Giorgio being the former you know, empress of the uh, mirror universe, she can turn her sights on anybody. I think there is a genuine, uh, for lack of a better word, affection or at least attention for uh, Burnham. But beneath it all, I have to wonder, and maybe this isn't fair of me to do it, but where is this heading? I mean, yeah. as far as I know, there's still going to be a Section 31 series. She's going to be part of it. That takes place in the 23rd century. How's she getting back? Oh, my God. And maybe we're playing the seeds of that now. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe, it's interesting. Maybe it was not a false queen. She doesn't go back. Maybe he's a third Giorgio. Maybe not. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess they could do it without her, but it sure seems that she'd be able to keep her mouth shut so it doesn't have to ruin continuity. Uh, what's, that? Back to the what's that? <laughs> what's kind of nudity? I have no idea. <laughs> it's the Kelvin timeline, bro. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> I love but a good I, retcon. I'm still dropping some seeds, of, you know, some hints along those lines. But in the more direct, you know, more immediate uh, concern, yeah, there's something about about Burnham that ties into her past and her present. So that, I think that's definitely her focal point. But she certainly doesn't hesitate to, you know, <laughs> quote unquote, flirt with others if that's if that's the right word. A particular David Cronenberg character. Uh, I, thought that, they were, I thought I swear they were going to bang. They were just the eye game was strong. Maybe they did. What, what is with what's, oh, oh, That's why he's like a thousand yard stare. I was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. I take it back. Uh, but why Burnham, John? Let me ask you. We all have these ideas and, and theories. You know, mother figure, very similar to the, mm -hmm. the class, the prime Giorgio. That seems to be the most easiest uh, example in these chats or these groups. Right. But why does someone who's so motivated about what you can get now, why is someone like that hanging, longing for Burnham? Well, I think that I think the the short answer for that is is that um, you know she, as you just said, she is aware of her Prime Universe counterpart, and she is aware of their genuine affection for each other as both friends and as uh, officers. And I think that just has resulted in the one true emotional element of the 
mirror Giorgio character and Michael Burnham is the focus of that. And uh, John, I'm sorry, I may have cut you off. I, but anyway, please, please expand. <laughs> oh no, I'm the, I'm right where you are. I think, and, and I think we have uh, like a really good storytelling here. You know, um, I, I studied uh, script writing in the eighties and we had a book that was written in the sixties. Um, and one of the things that it always imparted, and and my teacher was right to use this old book, which was uh, stories about people, people stories about people. And you know, if you ever want to tell a big sprawling story, the best way to tell it is uh, through the simplest relationships, and the simplest connections, and sometimes something as simple as I just feel uh, familial feelings for this other person whether it makes sense with how evil i am or how violent i am i i, I still have these connections like it or not whether i like it or not and I, I that's where i am right now with giorgio though i'm hearing what you're saying in terms of there might be someone else there might be some other connection she has because the michael connection has been done and done and done on this show yeah yeah I feel so like is that the future been- there right. plenty of times if there was like a confession of love that would have happened. I believe there's something specific there, like a an object or a truth or a story. Because while yeah. you go, like I, I can love you all the time, but if you're like I'm going to the future, I'm like I'm good. Just, <laughs> hey, I like the way you make pizza rolls. That'd be it. I would just tell her out. I would just oh, look, I'm clean there. I wouldn't even go with you. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm weird. Hey. And I, I'll tell you, my my head is rocked by what you said, Joe, because if she's going to get back in time in order to be part of Section 31, which she should be because she is a megastar, uh, then there is something weird. There is something that she's going through that is not parallel to what everybody on Discovery is going through. They're going in that direction, and she's going in her own direction. Something's going to happen here. No idea well, what. But also, they did make reference to the uh, temporal Cold War, which made time travel illegal, ultimately. Illegal, not impossible. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. So maybe yeah. maybe that un- as yet unknown connection will be part of that uh, device to get her back to uh, the wild times of the 23rd century. That's a writer for you. He saw a hole. Always, always, always he's, he's like that quarterback who's reading the field. Like, I can't get between those two goons over there, but I can probably run around that skinny guard over there. Oh, it comes in handy now, but when your best friend calls you say, I'll be 15 minutes late, you have a thousand reasons in your head why they are, and it sucks. Ah. <laughs> uh, but the other exchange I thought was pretty cool about Giorgio uh, during her interrogation, and it was like, all Terrans are duplicitous by their biology or biplicitous by their duology, which made me look it up. I was like, what is biplicitous? It's not a word, but I was on board, man. It totally made sense to me. I thought that was pretty cool that that Giorgio is aware, you're saying, is aware, is here for a reason. Hopefully she gets what she's looking for uh, when it comes to that. Just one question, this is a little off topic. Uh, This season, more than any other seasons of Star Trek Discovery, I feel like uh, Culber has become like the Greek chorus. For a lot of the, the future play, he's on more missions. He gets to go down the ground more. It's all like yeah. bringing the doctor to midbay or to, to the bridge, which doesn't usually happen. Uh, I just want your thoughts about that. Uh, do you think of the conscious effort? Do you think the story just lends itself to it? Do you think that is it? Hey, man, Cobra's amazing. Let's do more of him. What's your thoughts on that? I'm kind of interested in John's uh, opinion first, actually. 
Oh, oh, I have a huge opinion on this. Oh, um, then, then you definitely <laughs> if you guys don't, it's okay. I'm just curious. <laughs> Honestly, um, I start to wonder. Well, okay, it uh, for me it starts personally because uh, Deep Space Nine is my favorite series, and I really felt like when they finally found a way to give Doctor Bashir like some weight on his shoulders because he's carrying around this lie for his whole life that he's genetically altered and you're not supposed to be. And, uh, and it's illegal and he, he should be in jail. Uh, and then everything he did after that was weighted and, and, you know, had a, a lot of like heart and a lot of like, he's got to get himself out of bed every day and face these demons kind of thing. And what we've gotten with Dr. Culber is he is the first character uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably wrong, but I feel like he's the first character on Discovery that really has to carry this weight every single day that he was killed and that he was resurrected in a place where he was tortured every day of his life. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he was turned into a wild man and he lost everything. He lost his love. He lost his connection to humans. He lost everything and he got it back. And now I feel like this soul this much bigger, much more evolved soul that he has gives us someone who isn't Saru to be the wise, sweet, loving, guiding, nurturing person. Because Saru is that all the time, and we need somebody else to carry that weight sometimes. Uh, that's, That's where I think he is. I think he's so easy to use because he's wise, and he's very compassionate. Well, and, damaged and repaired, you know, which is uh, an even deeper level of, of that wisdom. Right. And, I mean, you would take McCoy all the time, even though he's your primary physician. Yes. Well, there's a reason to be in the landing party. Same yes. thing going on here with, with uh, Dr. Culver. I mean, it, um, like I said, you, you tend to forget almost that he went through all that just because of how he came out the other side. Right, yeah. right. But it definitely adds dimension, as you say, to the character to make him a part of, the, of that type, part of the action in the, in the stories. And and this was the first episode where I thought, man, he's so much like McCoy. Yeah. You know, because uh, one of the great dualities that was in the original Star Trek was you had the brain and the heart. The brain mm-hmm. is Spock and the heart is McCoy. And somewhere in between them is Kirk. Right. Although Kirk's also the fists. <laughs> <laughs> he is everything. This is why everything oh, he's OP. Like yeah. he could be Batman or something, you know. Um, he's he's pretty Bert. Uh, he's pretty Bruce Wayne. Uh, no. art. Yeah, he is. No, I totally agree with you. He is pretty Bruce Wayne. Um, so more some random notes here. I realized that I've been saying uh, Joanne's name all wrong before the break. I was saying her name is Owoshikun or Owo, as they say. Uh, our Keely, like Keely, Keely's, Keely's were ill mm. on Erna. I said ill on Erna is my new rap album. Uh, and okay, so so my my next question is this: We are now with Starfleet. Vance has kind of let them into the fold, but doesn't tell them everything, which will be too easy for us as viewers. Uh, right. Predictions. I'm gonna start with you, Joe. What do you think happens now as far as the dynamic of Starfleet? Do our crew change their uniforms? Did it become uh, a, being merged with a bigger crew? What do you see the show going now that they've made contact with Starfleet? Well, on uh, those two points in particular, I'll say this. I think that we will not see any change in the actual aesthetics, uniforms, et cetera, only because I think this admiral, and probably wisely so from, from where he stands, where he sits, actually, what he said, um, he wants them separate. 
This is the separate, you know, arm of Starfleet. They serve a special purpose. They have special abilities that no other ship in the fleet has. They have that spore drive. They can go anywhere. That's I think true. we might see more planets and more locations. Right. Um, so I think, I think in terms of all that, I think we're going to see them stay pretty much the same in terms of how they look, how they operate, and so forth. That's why I'm also not seeing a lot of crew transfers, at least you know, toward the end of the season, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that each new locale is going to take them closer to that connectivity I mentioned earlier about bringing the Federation together again. Who knows? Maybe, you know, one of these worlds maybe just has a whole, you know, S-load of um, dilithium just waiting to be mined. <laughs> you know, somehow spared. Well, or they yeah. find a different way. That would be more, sat- I think it'd be more satisfying, I think, um, thematically. It's like, you know, okay, dilithium's gone. Let's find another way. That would right, that would be a reference of achievement to the to the season, I think. And and please correct my thinking, either, either one mm-hmm. of you fellas. Uh, unmined dilithium still exists. So if you mine it, you can have dilithium at this point. But all dilithium that was in a ship or in a warp core, right? All, well, so all dilithium. I mean, I mean, it's if, if it's working dilithium, like I said, the uh, Saru um, kind of I, I think bluffed his way with the. Um, United Earth Defense Force by saying, "Well, we weren't at warp speed when that ha- when the burn happened." Well, my impression oh. was that didn't matter. If right. it was just in the ship and it was operating within a warp core, boom. Yeah. You know? So yeah, they may even use that. I mean, they find a whole planet full of the stuff. That's why I'm thinking maybe they'll go go another direction and you know have that next big uh, achievement scientifically. But no, I agree. I agree with your interpretation, John. I think that you know anything any raw dilithium would be just Thanks, there. Sir. Yeah. I think it. I think it had to be connected to you know a warp core in a starship to you know to explode the way it, it did in the burn. You would think after like three or four previously on Star Trek Discovery, you would think after three or four of those it would have stayed up here. But you know, right. I smoke pot, so. And uh... <laughs> I don't they really have gotten too deep into it. To be honest with you, I mean, I've been paying attention, and I think that that, that may be another mystery to be solved yet. And sometimes the best mysteries that are solved, we don't know our mysteries to begin with until they are solved. Right. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Having authors for friends is fun. Because <laughs> you yeah, learn a lot about storytelling. Everyone no, saw something really brilliant comes out. So, you know, bless them when they do because it doesn't happen often. <laughs> At least from here. Yeah. Here well, on the other hand, yeah. Well, I don't know what the weed is. I don't I have no idea. <laughs> that door, the teacoff was locked when I checked. So, uh,. <laughs> I'll smoke these fennel seeds. That's all I have was fennel. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even think of that. Sucks, so, um, where do you guys keep your sensimilia? Uh, <laughs> in the, oh, indica geez. strains mostly, or you got some sativas too? Uh, where are you guys going? Uh, it's like one John Weber, uh, space donor. <laughs> Hope heads blowing up. You're like, what's the next hit? Uh, no, what about you, man? What do you want to see in the next couple of weeks, man? Are you pacing's good this time around? Did you want to see some some kind of uh, new planets? Like, what's what you're looking for in the next couple weeks ahead? I was really interested in uh, you know watching the previews for the next episode where we get to see Book again. Yeah. Apparently, he's been jailed. <sighs> so stereotypical. No. Yeah. I know, right? Where's the legal counsel? They probably over there too. No. Even in the future, man. Uh, so there he is, and he's and they're going to rescue him. And they're going to rescue all these people, and there's all these explosions, and and uh, you know it's it's gonna. I wonder if we're going to get to uh, the point already in the show 
do you remember this happened a lot in the original Star Trek where it was like, this is the episode that's a Western. This is the episode that's a legal drama. Right. Like they, they started. <laughs> so now they're doing a, a, a breakout, you know, now they're doing a prison yeah. break. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I want to see Booker again. I really want to see Grudge because I'm a big fan of that cat. Yeah. <laughs> is is cat. Grudge or non? Is that what it says? <laughs> <laughs> well, after, I, I, after I'm done, you know, hugging all the redheaded crew members, I do like to pet the kitty. That's yeah. true. <laughs> well, speaking of redheads, Whatever before we get out of here, I mean, before we get out of here, you know, we had a lot of redhead action on screen this week. You know, Stamets and and Tilly together, yeah. where they said, "quote this dysfunction is the crew." It's pretty awesome. Uh, just for the redhead report, John, were you satisfied with all your redheads in play this episode? I am. More? We got to we got to see a little more Detmer, and and Detmer, uh, as we know, her job is very hard on her. It's very tough on her. I also love that Stemitz and uh, I just call her Tignataro. Jet Reno. Uh, Jet, Jet Reno, yeah. <laughs> she is Tignataro. In, in the she's, future, not, she's not being a character at all. It's Tignataro in space. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> but I, I love that little thing. I, I think it's funny that they make this whole thing about, you know, this is dysfunction because it's like, well, I'm sorry, but Tilly is not dysfunctional. Tilly gets along with everybody. But yeah, sure. You two can label her as dysfunctional, whatever. But I, I I do like that because, as you know, because you both hung out with very brilliant people. Me. Uh, no. You, you, you have very brilliant friends. And as you know, uh, it causes friction. It causes sparks. And that's one of the great things. I, I always tell my friends when we fight, you know, look, we're, we're just smart people. And, uh, you know, we love professional wrestling. And so we honestly think that being fighting, that fighting is being creative. And conflict do, is being creative. So stick it, man. Yeah, no, kidding, that's a good man. thing. I, I don't hate I, <laughs> as far <laughs> as far as the immediate future. um, I would really like to get past, I guess I'm going to echo what Joe was saying, and and I would really like to get past the burn as being a question that requires 10 episodes or 11 episodes. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just get to what the burn was. Let's figure out who the bad guys were in that. Let's figure out how they did it. Um, unfold that. That's, that's fine with me. But, you know, let's not keep asking. What's the burn? <laughs> that question is better not asked. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Because the writers haven't figured it out yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this is the series, as I as I harangue uh, Flobo all the time, this is the series that jumps ahead like crazy. Like, when in the first season of a Star Trek have you ever gone to the Mirror Universe? I don't think True. that's ever happened. True. So, it spoils you. Again, you go back to TOS, TNG, you're like, get on. 23 episodes a season? Get on with it. <laughs> you know? A trial episode? You did one of those last season. Okay. You get, you, get, you get to be very you get to be very bratty. I apologize. Uh, but, it, but it's high time to get out of here. I mean, you got to land the USS Post Show. Fantastic time. Hanging with Joe Townsville. Hanging with John Weber. Joe, got to ask you first, man. Where can people stalk you, read all your books, hit you up, ask for writing advice for the sci-fi epics? Well, as you can see, if I can get my finger in the right place, right there is where you can visit me and uh, learn about all my works, the most recent being uh, Mate to Order, available now. Uh, Apple Books is kind of trailing a little bit, but it's available elsewhere, both as paperback and ebook and all the major retailers. Uh, I am, on Flobo's suggestion on our last conversation, I am currently building 
a much bigger presence so I can interact directly with um, fellow authors and readers. So look for that on, on, on Twitter and elsewhere. But, and for the time being, JoeTelzo.com is the place to go to learn all about me and what I do. Wait, hold on. Is Made to Order a sci-fi sci book? It is sci-fi horror. I will, put, I will say that much. It is, um, I'll say this much about it. It's uh, four books in one. They are connected, but they also stand alone uh, for the most part. But it basically, it starts off, previously enough, with an Android dating service, which gets out of control. Whoa, sci-fi oh, horror. Yeah, Shout out to Takuvmach. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> John Weber, where can people find you online, good sir? You can find me at Hello John Weber on Twitter and on Instagram, or you could just uh, look for John Weber on Facebook. I'm wearing a wrestling mask in my personal profile, so it'll be hard to recognize me, but still, it's exciting. That's what happened when you smoke that space weed, kids. Say no. Uh, <laughs> Great. This is Commander's Log every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's the unofficial, official Star Trek Discovery post show. Maybe we should do more of these, man. I don't know if we should do yeah. Lodags or we should do like hey, yeah. Season 2. I don't, I don't know. This is an idea. A thought. Uh, if you want to know about Go the shows I'm working on, newamsterdam.com. That's KNWAmsterdam.com. And if you want to buy yourself a snazzy shirt like this one, flobito.threadless.com. Wow. Once again, that's flobito.threadless.com. Support the homies. But until next time, you know the deal. Live long. Oh, I always do the wrong hand. There. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>